All right, welcome back to the Baron of Beverage. I'm here once again with Christopher Wadovi from the Whiskey Room. Uh, we're going, continuing on with our series of the best tasting whiskeys on earth, uh, if you've been following. Uh, so we're up to number seven, which uh, has, has us heading uh, north of our border, our North American uh, neighbor, Canada. Yep, off to Canada, have some blended Canadian whiskey. That's right, uh, Crown Royal, uh, or as they say, Crown Royal Fine de Luxe, because they don't even put the deluxe together as one word. It's de Luxe, or maybe it's because of the French up there. It's Fine de Luxe. Uh, but uh, regardless, uh, Crown Royal has a, has a very storied history. Uh, it was created for uh, King George VI. Is that correct, Chris? Correct. King George VI visit with his lovely wife, Queen Elizabeth, in yes. 1939 or 8. Well, no, it was his daughter it was is Elizabeth, right? It, this is the king that of George the king's the... speech, and the king that ends up giving the crown to Queen Elizabeth, who is now the reigning Correct. queen. It, in, uh, in as it was written, it says and Queen Elizabeth, but you're right; she wouldn't have been queen yeah. yet. She's the daughter. Yeah, right. So, um, so it was uh, this blend was you know made for royalty, and hence the name Crown Royal coming into existence. It's a blend of what? Like, what were you saying earlier? Fifty different 50 whiskeys. Fifty different whiskeys, um, all made by the one distillery to five master recipes. So my guess is that they're using different grains to, right. to make it fifty well, and, and, and that, aging. And then maybe we should talk about Canadian whiskeys in general. I mean, like one of the biggest. It's probably one of the most wild, wild west or loosey goosey places when it comes to the laws governing what is considered Canadian whiskey. Yes. Other than it must all be distilled aged and bottled in canada that's the first thing right yeah aged for at least three years mm -hmm. but there is no restrictions on any any type of wood you want uh, they no have more to, than 700 liters right they have to have a limit on the size right the so. limit is on size but you can be um you can be reused casts it could be new casts charred mm -hmm. uncharred there's like no restriction in that respect just size right which i thought was and interesting. 700 liters is it's not small, but it's not in it's 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 not in the big 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 size of some of the, there are many barrels that are in the thousands of liters. Yes. Um. So, uh. So there is some some bit of. Uh, and they have to be at least forty percent when they're once it's bottled to be considered whiskey. Well, oh, you meaning yeah, uh, forty percent alcohol, yeah. right? It has to be minimum eighty proof once it's bottled. That's correct. correct. Um. But it can be distilled higher. It can yes, distill it yes. at ninety percent. Correct. Uh, or you know, and so uh, that's. That's pretty cool. Now, a lot of times in the early history, everybody thought of Canadian whiskey as being primarily rye. Uh, but That's the now, dominant grain still, but they've well, got all kinds of things going on. My understanding is more of the dominant grain in vast commercial whiskeys is actually corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With less rye, whereas it used to be the majority of rye. But again, as Chris was kind of saying, and maybe I was interrupting, they can use all four primary grains, barley, wheat, rye, and corn, and different whiskeys, uh, mash bills, and this one has 50 well, the, different mash bills. Correct, and this is a blend of corn, rye, and barley. At least that's what Crown Royal says on their uh, their information. Right. Um, and they're aged uh, different ages as well in the and blends. different woods, I'm different, sure. Exactly. And, but, and so one of the other things that is very interesting, not interesting, but a lot of people... Uh, put down Canadian whiskey for, and some people don't even know, and some people don't even care, uh, that uh, one of the things that can be added to Canadian whiskey is uh, caramel color. Coloring and, and flavoring. And, and, they can, they add can add flavoring. A small amount of flavoring, mm -hmm. yes. And the coloring is 
uh, actually uh, usually use because they want to consistency in the color of the product. Now, given that, uh, and use caramel coloring, which basically comes from burning sugar or burning corn, and it's in, you know it's, it's small, it's basically caramelized sugar of those things that then uh, they add, and they're supposed to not be able to add a very high percentage that it affects flavor at all, but it's just so they have a consistent color to their product. In fact, actually, Scotch uh, whiskey... Is allowed to do it. Yeah, it's starting in 2009. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, that a lot of people don't know that. It's kind of controversial for some. I think it's controversial. All right, very good. Um, but in the case of you know Crown Royal, they've been doing this forever. And actually, another thing that's interesting about Canadian whiskeys, at least until the modern era, and the Crown Royal, as we described, is not really the modern era. It's you know, it's over 75 years old. Um, so is that uh, they typically do all of the distilling and aging of all of those whiskeys separately and then blend them afterwards. Correct. yes. Where in very separate mash bills, they might even have like an all rye mash bill aged and then blend it in with the others versus what happens, uh, say, in a bourbon is you might have like a 65% corn and 20% rye and the remainder wheat in your bourbon mash bill. I'm making that number up completely. I don't know any mash bills that, that is that way. And then that is, you know, uh, uh, made into its wort, etc., and then distilled, etc., all those grains together. And then as the distilled spirit put into the barrel, uh, whereas in, in Canada, that's not the way it works, right, Chris? Right. Uh, it, well, and, and Crown Royal actually does explicitly say in their marketing materials that they make each one separately. Yep. And I think that is sort of generic for the industry, mm -hmm. um, at least in the, the little bit of research I did. Uh, Canadian whiskey, as you said, to the modern era, I would say the modern era is like the last 10 to 15 years, yeah. in, in my opinion, has always been known for being lighter because they can use any kind of barrels, reuse them right. over and over again. Um, it is my least explored whiskey for me that I go into because what I had when I was first getting into drinking whiskey was all very generic. Right. Um, but now uh, there is as much micro distilling going on, if not more, in Canada, uh, perhaps because of what they can do. And I've had some fantastic Canadian whiskeys, uh, yeah. you know, recently. So I don't, I no longer just shun Canada, Canadian whiskey, um, but it is, you know, vanilla. At vanilla. least it All was, right. you know, it, it's right. to I mean, your palate, it, your, me, yeah. in your memory. It, to my memory, now, you're, you're, right. good point. So good we're point. here. Uh, so so here. And we're Crown here. Royal is the number one exported Canadian whiskey in the world. It is that is the number one exported Canadian whiskey. Yep. Uh, so so I mean, I think of Crown Royal. There's a lot of things I think of. One thing I think of is it always comes in this purple bag. Yeah. Uh, which actually, I think there are people who covet the purple bag. Uh, more than the whiskey. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I remember growing up, before I even knew what Crown Royal was in terms of a whiskey or a spirit or a drink, I was a young kid, uh, but it was what my older brother kept his multi-sided Dyson for Dungeons oh, okay. and Dragons, well, I was and just, that was a very valuable bag of things. Well, and, and I was just thinking, I, mean, I remember my dad having it, and my, my, my uncle who lived right next door, I used to love to get that bag, because you could put things in it. I used to like to put coins in it, but, right. you know, dice, whatever. They're great bags. I think Evan actually has one around here that's that he got somewhere. Yeah, but regardless, uh, Evan is his son. Uh, but uh, and so you know, I think that that that's part of its marketing appeal. And, and it's it, an ornate bottle. It's an ornate bottle because the original of the crown was etched oil. with crystal. This yep. is not crystal anymore, but you know, it was a big deal it's to have meant that design. To look that way, yeah. 
Um, so, but let's get to the spirit. Uh, it's it it clearly has clearly it is clear, uh, <laughs> but it also uh, it's it's definitively the kind of color I expect and have grown to expect because I've seen Crown Royal a great deal, which it really is your kind of brown versus orange uh, ambers in that caramel uh, palette. Yeah, uh, we've had some others that are more amber orangey, and this is more amber brown. Yeah, um, it's a great color. I mean, one of the things that I've read is the reason they do the coloring is purely for marketing, to make it appealing. That's an appealing color. I'll it give is. It, I definitely give it. It the is, color. and a lot of people go go by looks uh, in all things. Uh, so, what do you get on the nose of this for yourself, Chris? I get a little bit of the alcohol. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm surprised. Fact, at that's how, the first thing I get. And 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 Chris and I, uh, we're well known to not throw our noses down in spirits to sniff them because that's one sure way to burn your nostrils and kill your palate for both aromas and and flavors uh but uh i use what's called an open mouth technique where i put my mouth over the glass and then inhale through my mouth into my olfactory nerves and so i still get alcohol at first but then after that i get some vanilla clearly vanilla notes there's a uh, sugary to it Vanilla, I get that. It's oaky, which is mm -hmm. unusual considering... The, I don't sound unusual for whiskey at all to have oak, but I mean, considering the the, the varying uh, amounts of wood they have and types, right. to get a strong wood is interesting. And and we like a strong wood. Good wood. Yeah, no. So, not a very complex palette, but a sweet... I mean, a sweet... I'm not a complex uh, bouquet, but a sweet one. And you're tasting now, so I'm going to let you speak first. It is a, um, I don't want to use the marketing garbage I learned earlier. They, they'd use the term silky. Um, it's not creamy, but it's smooth. Um, you remember, we talked about when we had the Jack Daniels, we talked about how it was very smooth in your mouth. Mm -hmm. This isn't smooth. There's a, I have a little bit of a, a tingly from the alcohol, which is actually shocking. Well, I, I, I'm not, I, I do, I, I mean, alcohol I think comes on the finish for me for this, but I would call it smooth. I don't think it's full bodied and creamy. No, um, it's a hollowish kind of taste. Um, but it's uh, it's not unpleasant. It's very light, almost floral caramel flavors is what I get. Um, not, but it is a caramel flavor in the center. Yeah, like light caramel, not dark caramel. And and these days, most people understand have had the range of caramels because of how you know gourmand all the candies are getting. It, it you know. I, this was going to be one of the toughest ones on our list for me to taste because of my pre-built, preconceived, well, not preconceived, but based on my early whiskey experiences, notions against Canadian whiskey. It is a very light flavor, um, other than other than the alcoholness of it, and that I think it, what proof is it? Is it eighty proof? Mm, yep. It has a surprising amount of alcohol flavor to me for eighty proof. Well, one of the things about looking back at the color, um, a lot of times uh, when I when I taste wine and you're talking about depth and intensity of color. You look at the edge of the glass mm -hmm. to see how deep the color is. And a lot of times when one is drinking, say, a Pinot Noir, a lighter-bodied uh, red wine, you'll notice it gets very pink near the edge and almost clear, almost looking like water okay. near okay, the I edge. See what you mean. And when you hold this over your white paper here, it is definitely clear white at, like, water at the edge. At the very edge, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that, I think, kind of portends towards its light body. There, the more I'm tasting this, and uh, is that 
there's there's a couple things. One is the finish is actually pretty long considering the light bodiedness. Yeah, it, it it lingers. It does. Um, and and not in a in a bad way. No, no, no. It's not unappealing. Um, you can you know after a couple. I've now had uh, I guess three good uh, sips. Not quite worthy of a Kentucky chew, but it, it actually does have um, uh, a lot of uh, wood almost. It's a subtle wood, but it's there. Yep. It, it's it wasn't just you know in the floral notes. It actually nope. is there in the floral. There's some su subtle subtle wood notes. There's also um, clearly uh, for me some uh, dried fruit notes. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, a little bit of citrus when it really sits. Mm, I can see that. It's and I and so when we think about this, and why is this on? Why is this number seven? Why is this on the you know in the top ten? And I I believe one reason is. It's really easy to drink. I mean, I, there's, it, it goes, I mean, even, we're doing this, we haven't put a, put a, the big rock in it yet, you no, know. Uh, I, I don't know that, well, no, we haven't yet. I mean, but at eight proof, eight, at, at 80 proof, it's, it goes down pretty easy. Um, it's fairly pleasant. I know the most common way to drink this is much similar to the way we talked about Jack Daniels, you know, in Coke, in Coke. or in ginger ale. It's a, a mixer, yeah. Um, I, I just have a feeling like, Though that unlike the Jack Daniels, I have a feeling this would get way covered up in things like Coke uh, or ginger ale, other than maybe adding some sweetness and or some vanilla. But I don't know if you would taste anything characteristically of Crown Royal when you put it in Coke. They might uh, completely mask it. Yeah, they might. I don't have any Coke, so I can't. No, no, no. But, I mean, uh, but I mean, obviously, that's we're that's not how we're tasting our, our spirits when we do this. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it, 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 you would lose what what light uh, and delicate flavors are there, and and they're enjoyable. Yeah, it it it's on the list because it's you know the number one exported Canadian whiskey, so therefore it is clearly popular. It clearly sells. Um, like we talked about with Jack Daniels, I'm pretty sure you're going to find this in almost every bar you walk into, um, if for no other reason than they feel they have to have it because people will order it. To have a crown and coke. Right. Right. I don't right. know what the exact market share is. I do know it's just the number one uh, you know, export. Alright, I'm going in, I'm gonna put the big rock in now. And uh, let it chill down a little bit. Doing the Rockies. Um well, you know, this is our this is our test, right? Because the other thing is there are some people uh, we know out there who uh, uh, taste indiscriminately. Yeah, like we can we can top off. And because uh, we want balance of spirit to uh, ice, and uh, so, but there are people who will just always be like, "Oh yeah, I'm putting it on the rocks." Oh yeah, so we tasted both ways to kind of tell the differences. And maybe if you've always enjoyed it one way but not the other way, maybe this will encourage some of our listeners, who, as we have learned recently, are as far away as Japan. Impressive. Yes, uh, might explore equally. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, so it's chilled down a little bit. All whiskey does make a nice sound when that, that giant With the cube clinking. clinks. I yeah. like that. You like that it's, sound? It's appealing to me. I kind of get just honey on the nose with the... Uh, and the alcohol fla the alcohol yeah. thing from earlier is gone. The, that al is... the alcohol nose is gone, yeah. Yep. And you're right, it's a very honey. Um, yeah, it's, I'm only really getting honey. Yeah, on the maybe nose Maybe a hint of rye. Yeah, only because maybe... That could be our lovely imagination because yeah, that's what yeah. we do, right? But, but the dominant honey. is the dominant honey. Mm. 
Okay. This actually now comes across fuller bodied to me. Like, like, uh, this now comes across more caramelly, more, uh, more broad. This would be the first time, um, that I think we've had one that it actually is a much bigger flavor. It's the first one we've had an enhanced flavor, the caramel. Yeah. Clearly, caramel. Um, the alcohol feels muted. I don't have the tingling around my tongue the way yep. I did with the, with the dry. Um, that is very drinkable on the rocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how much depth of flavor, you know, if this cube melts too far, it's, you know, I don't know how the, the how long, some, some whiskeys can really hold up, you know, the rock. Right. Other ones, you know, they get too watered down. They can't fight that. Right. I don't think this is going to hold out, but that is very smooth and very drinkable. Yeah. And flavorful. Yeah. No, I can see why why people go for it and why they deliver. And I definitely believe that the the chill, the addition of the rock, and, and, and we didn't do any, uh, you know, uh, television or radio magic, you know, like the amount of time from when we put the rock in Correct, to yeah. when we tasted it and you're listening, that's exactly how long, not a ton of time no. of that chill uh, to happen and it made a big difference. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very drinkable, very delightful, you know, uh, it, I understand why it's there. Uh, it's, you know, what's well, typical price point for Crown Royal here in the States? You know, I haven't bought a bottle in 12 years. Uh, about 42, 43? Is it that high? I would have guessed somewhere around in the mid-30s. It's yeah. higher than Canadian Club. I guess it depends on the size bottle you it, buy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think for a regular 750, it's probably somewhere in the mid-30s. Um, yeah. Canada, one, one, actually, one of the reasons why we don't have so many of the, the varied Canadian whiskeys here is they have really high excise taxes yeah. to ship their stuff here. So... Um, that's why a lot of the smaller independents uh, who are doing a lot of fantastic things can't do it. Uh, it looks like, yeah, so a 750 is going to be 24 to twenty-four to $30 given your area. And for a handle, it's going to be, you know, 41 to, let's say, 50 depending on your store yeah. and your area. Nice. Well, I think that might also uh, do a lot to its appeal because that's a lower price point than some of the other whiskeys we've already had. Yeah. This increases its popularity amongst people. You know, and it's also uh, It's important. amazing how much we taste with our pocketbooks. Oh, we definitely this is the best tasting whiskeys on earth, and yet this one is better in some people's minds than the Glenfiddich 12, which we had earlier, yeah. which I would prefer, but uh, is yeah. easily a higher price point. But it's point. a higher, higher price point. I mean, now, there's also, there is a large American population, though, that has an affinity for this purely because of prohibition. This was one of the yep. big whiskeys snuck into the country illegally during Prohibition. And when Prohibition ended, it was one of the whiskeys that came in right away because they were sitting right there. Um, so there well, is, they didn't have the Prohibition. Because so they, they didn't have Prohibition in Canada. Exactly. They, had it, they had it ready to go to come in legally. Uh, I remember my father talking about that. Uh, now, he wasn't allowed during Prohibition, but his father and my... So generationally, generationally this has been yeah. passed on because of that. And I think that while I'm not saying that's driving the loyalty now... But that is definitely probably part of the what has kept it in American, you know, brands right. in consideration. Oh sure, because it's sure. been it has been here so long. Right. Well, I don't think this list is purely from. I mean, it, it's an internet based list, so I don't yeah. think it's purely state driven. No, no, I don't. I don't think. But, so either, um, but but no, this has been. Um, I'm glad we pre tasted this because I don't think I have tasted Crown Royal on its own in at least 15 years. At yeah. At least. I remember. Um, I started drinking whiskey probably in 2003 or 2004, 
So it's probably been since 2005. I polished off a bottle of that. That was my oh, dad's. That had never been opened. Not one night. No. But over the course of several days, it, had, it was a 1963 a bottle, days. actually, ironically, uh, wow. that, that he never opened. And I drank the whole thing, and it was really good. Um, they changed their formula since then. Uh, this is still very good. Um, I truly, this is uh, better than I remember. Um, my last experience with Canadian whiskey was Canadian Club. Yeah, well. Oh, and that was about seven years ago well, on a trip not, with Karen. I don't, I, I've looked on the other list, remember, when we were when talking we were about the When we were in Florida that one time. When we were talking about the uh, reordering of the list, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked and the list goes much longer than 10. It does. I yeah. don't even think Canadian Club is on the no, top, I wouldn't. like. I 50 or more so i wouldn't buy yeah, that's quite a step down yeah. from uh from this but this has been uh this has been nice and enjoyable what are we going to have next when we get together well um we've been to scotland we've now been to canada we've been to the u.s and we're uh going from canada back to kentucky for um number six which is knob creek oh which that's our first bourbon right that is our First true bourbon, yes. Yeah, it's true, our first yes, bourbon. Yes, it's our first bourbon. And it's a 25th anniversary year for Knob Creek. Mm. Um, so that's kind of exciting. And it is a um, it's a delightful drink. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, good. We well, I'm looking forward to it, too. Until then, we say cheers. Cheers. Cheers.